Hey folks, welcome to Story Life, a podcast about the ups and downs and all arounds of living a creative life as told through the eyes of two independent filmmakers, uh, one of which is myself, Alan C. Gardner, and I'm here with my co-host and an old buddy, Clinton Cornwell. Um, thank you all for listening. Thanks for joining us. This is episode 37, uh, which we recorded on July 8, 2022. It's a bit of a throwback. In this episode, we discuss our feelings about directors of photography, how crucial that collaboration is, things you should look for when you're bringing on a director of photography, all that kind of fun, fun stuff, all the ins and outs of it. Yeah, lots we, uh, a lot we got into there. A lot of uh, grist for the mill, if you will. That's an expression, right? <laughs> it is now. Uh, folks, before we get into the episode, we wanted to let you all know that Clinton and I are creative coaches and consultants. I mean, you're probably already aware of that, but here's a friendly reminder. So if any of you need artistic support on any part of your process, writing, pre-production, production, production, posts, what have you, uh, hit us up for a free 30-minute consultation. We would love to connect with you and uh, help you out however we can. Yeah, and we're trying to grow the podcast as well. So if you're enjoying our content, uh, you don't need to like sub to our Patreon or anything like that. I mean... We do like money. Money is nice, but really, uh, we would just appreciate it if you just share the podcast with one person if you enjoy it. That, that's all. Just one person in your life you think uh, they would enjoy the content. If you share one it with them, you, we'd appreciate it, and we'd this really be their punishment. Oh, sorry. We'd really, uh, we'd really appreciate it. So, yeah. Yes, I like that. Lovely thought. Lovely thought. All right. On that lovely thought, let's uh, let's 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 dive in. DPS. Here we go. Yeah, let's talk about what you're just talking about if you want. I kind of wanted to fucking geek out about movies and TV for just a little bit. I feel like we don't. Okay. Do, I feel like we don't do that enough on this. I hate doing that stuff, but I'll. Uh, no, See, we are the exact opposite. <laughs> what is why? I I love geeking out about movies. That's I mean that's part of the the joy of it all. And you don't. That's really interesting. Or you don't like talking well, about it on a podcast at least. No, no, yeah. Mostly I don't enjoy talking about it on a podcast because I feel like there's plenty of fucking things out there that talk about or critique movies or whatever. And honestly, I think actually in with most filmmaking people, I don't enjoy talking about movies that much. I would enjoy talking about it with you, but I find a <laughs> lot of filmmaking people are kind of like snooty and just shit on a lot of stuff and just oh, are like hypercritical. Dude, let me be very clear what I just let me you got to listen to my exact which, which I, I really wanna, dislike. I want to geek out about stuff. I don't yes. I don't want to fucking critique anything right now. That sounds I don't I'm not interested okay, in that right geek now. Geek away. Don't let me no, <laughs> no I'm not going to yuck your yums. Geek well, away. Well there's there's some shows in particular. I know you're you're not as big on on TV as I am, but we just watched the uh the finale of The Bear last night. Have you seen this show? Uh, I've heard of it. It's on Hulu? It's on Hulu. Fucking amazing. Uh I won't say too much about it since you haven't seen it. It's also very new. It's only been out for 2 weeks. Uh, we absolutely loved it. It was only like eight episode, first season, like thirty minute show. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man, it rules. The bear. I hope it comes back. I'm sure it will because it's really seems to be catching on. Uh, just a really, it's the first. Um, I don't know if you ever worked in restaurants. Did you? Or a food service? Did you talk to me about this last week? I somebody else just talked. I don't talk think to me I did because I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, somebody else talked to me about it last week. But uh, I did work at restaurants. I did the serving thing uh, a little bit when I was in undergrad and working as a host. So I I've, think, I've definitely got that experience. I think that might have been discussed in our very first episode together briefly, but I'm not totally sure because we kind of covered a lot of that stuff. But I mean, I worked in restaurants for a very, very long time. And so this is the first show or movie that to me has captured like the feeling, the experience of working in a restaurant um, that I've seen. 
So that was pretty crazy. Um, it just captures the, you know, the anxiety and the excitement and the camaraderie and the conflict and everything really well. So yeah, man, the bear really, uh, incredible, like, uh, drama slash kind of, co- yeah, comedy drama. Um, but yeah, check it out. There's a recommendation. Also, uh, we own this city on HBO. I've got a, one episode to go there. Fucking phenomenal. Uh, is that the new one from the creator of the wire? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So John Bernthal just coming in and killing it. Josh Charles, the whole I rest of the him. cast. Uh, Bernthal's amazing. And it's just like, it's just an incredible role for him. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of what it covers is pretty, uh, pretty bleak stuff, you know, uh, corruption and, and, um, in the police force, um, with certain cops and, uh, power hungry and whatnot, which is why it's called we own this city. Cause, and uh, well, the story is about cops who basically think that they own this city in Baltimore, being the city anyway incredible i can't wait to watch the next one uh yeah i mean i could geek out a lot more. i see here's the thing Clint. i like enthusiasm so i like to geek out uh i'm not so big on ripping stuff apart because that's not that much fun yes i agree yeah i i'm i'm definitely about the enthusiasm as well i mean if you really want to go deep on this kind of stuff we can prep things for certain episodes and like take notes about them and really that's okay. I just, I mean, we can really geek, really geek. We could really, really <laughs> geek the way that you talked I, I, about in in the other episode that we just talked about about geeking out about uh, the end of the tour and how you studied. Well, yeah, it and, I mean, in the tour, I mean, I've seen, I mean, more than any other movie that's come out in the last. Or that well, that came out seven years ago now, but um, yeah, I mean, that's next level. I just wanted to like share some, you know, uh, be enthusiastic about some some shows that I watched recently that I really loved, and of course, you know, I love Stranger Things too. My wife and I absolutely love Strange Things. So, and that was an incredible season. I don't know if you watched that either. I'm trying to. I'm doing a rewatch of the old ones to catch up to watch the new one because I, it's got a nice warm spot in my heart. Yeah, I love it. It's 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 a big. It's got a, a warm spot for my wife and I too. Is the first show that we watched together as a couple. So oh, so there oh. you go. Yeah, always right, always right. Um, so that's a big deal. But yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff I've, I've watched that I love recently, but those things come to mind right now. So I just want to share a little bit. I don't want to take up too much yeah. time right now because I know we got a lot of stuff to cover. Um, so, yeah. Really quickly, just a thought. Uh, no, okay, never mind. Actually, I'll put this in Slack. We're running out of time. Uh, do you want to talk about DPs or do you want to talk about your fear and anxiety putting yourself <laughs> <laughs> into the world? It's so funny. Uh, which one do I want to talk about? Probably the DPs. Yes. No, I, honestly, I'm totally down to yeah, talk I'm about leaving I, it to you. Do you I'm totally down to talk about choice. either. My inclination is for DPs just because we were supposed to talk about that last week and it got bumped. So instead of yeah. bumping that conversation again, um, I think we should do that. But I could go either way. Okay. Look, here's the thing about my anxieties and fears. They're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be there for me to discuss <laughs> at any given time. So like when we record, uh, you know, the next time, I won't have to like jog my memory too much. But like, what are those things that I'm afraid of? Again? Oh yeah, like no, they're always just kind of right there on my mind. So yeah, there you go. Um, um okay well let's talk about so today today we shall talk about directors of photography yes in that voice uh, yeah <laughs> very ostentatious uh, yeah dps tell gotta love them yeah go ahead you i mean what's been so uh <laughs> go ahead <laughs> you have the floor Talk about DPs. you, you want to talk about dps dude go ahead this, talk epi- about them. this episode is loose uh <laughs> i mean yeah they should you know they, that's that's part of the, the okay so uh nature of this show obviously yes. 
cinematographer is a very important relationship to have yeah. as a filmmaker. That's yeah. one of your probably most times your closest collaborator, at least on set. Yeah, so um, they want to, especially yeah. independent, especially in the independent filmmaking world, they'll be one of your like really co-conspirators in terms of telling the story. You've have you worked with a bunch of different DPs for your films? Have you had a consistent person, or or how's that worked for you? So. Well, over the years, okay, so, like, I have worked with a lot of DPs, to be, like, as a filmmaker, when you combine, like, my work as a filmmaker with also, like, my work as an actor, I've worked with a wide a wide range of DPs uh, in those capacities. And so, and each time, like, I learn, you know, I feel like, I, yeah, it's a really crucial relationship for a, a director, of course, um, for a filmmaker, but also for, for an actor as well, and having a certain kind of comfort and trust with the DP. I mean, with everyone on set, but... Each time I've worked with the DP, it's made me really appreciate. It's made me really appreciate the good ones that I've worked with, and when I say the good ones, I mean the the collaborative ones, the ones that, and for the most part, I've had an incredibly, you know, positive to varying degrees, but overall, very positive relationship with DPs. But it makes you each time, like you know, I really appreciate uh, the ones who are there uh, to pull for the for the common goal, which I know is something we we've, we've talked about before too. Uh, as opposed to the ones who are just there to, to shoot their demo reel, which is the vibe that I've gotten before as well. Oh, yes. We'll definitely get back to what to look for in a DP. Sure, um, sure. I've mostly just worked with two DPs, uh, which I b- both met in film school. One I met when I was going to Florida State and one I met in undergrad at UNLV. Their names are Dustin LaBeouf and Craig Boydston. They're both great. Hired them for things. So, you know comfort and familiarity is obviously important to me yeah um and and in the times when i've gone and worked with other dps it wasn't so much like oh my god i found this person they're blowing me away it was more like oh my main guys aren't available (laughs) um but i think you know having like it's uh, the reason i've worked with the same people over and over again is i like working with them uh and i think they're good at what they do but also, like, that relationship, like, can really make or break your experience and your film in a lot of ways. And so, it's, it's, I really don't want to take a risk on anybody, is my, is my perspective with that. It's like, of all the positions on a film, probably that, that's one of the ones I would least want to take yeah. a risk on. Well, it's also, I mean, for me, to piggyback off all that a little bit, like, I agree. And also, like, that went with a producing partner as well. Um, that's such a crucial thing too, that, yeah, it can be a little scary, like going into something with someone, you know, and I've had, (laughs) I've had a wide range of experiences with producing partners, uh, as as we've discussed over the years. Uh, I mean, the worst relationship of my life was with a producing partner, as we all know, that's a, that's, that's a big process as well. It's a big, uh, the more you can trust someone, I mean, in in any capacity, like from the, you know, throughout the crew and the cast, but, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the DP is such, obviously like you have to have such an alliance with them to, I mean, of course, like create the, you know, to capture the images. Like, I don't know about how you are. Like I'm very, I think, I mean, every director has their own process, but I'm very pretty thorough with like the shot list and the shooting script and whatnot. But at the same time, I love when, you know, a collaborate with a good, a, a strong DP who, who gets all that, who gets where I'm coming from and then can show me how they, you know, to facilitate that vision and then also offer up certain tweaks or adjustments or whatnot that can, you know, bring it even more sharply into focus. I don't know. What about you? 
my main job as a director, I feel like, is to bring the best out of all of my collaborators. Mm-hmm. And so to that end, I, I like to try and be flexible with how I work with DPs and stuff. And I like to try and give them as much space as I can to sort of assert their own creativity and to take ownership over the film, you know, by by not by inviting them into, you know, discussions about like shot design and and the tone of the story and visual Mm. metaphors and all these kind of things i want to open those spaces up to them as much as possible that being said i gotta i also you know i gotta make sure i'm bringing my own work to the table because there's never enough time there's never enough resources like everybody's always you know especially in independent filmmaking people are always juggling so many balls working full-time jobs and also working on your film and stuff and so i still have to bring a lot to the table but i just i don't want to before i bring a dp on or even during the process i just don't want to make too many visual decisions without them having some amount of input just because i want them to be evolved enough in the process so that when we get to set i can just trust them and i can let go of like watching the frame or being too concerned about the camera operating or anything like that. I can, I can let a lot of that stuff go and focus on other things that I need to focus on because I've invested in that relationship. Yeah. No, I mean, I find too, like, yeah, I mean that inherent trust, like I was, like, I, I mean, I like to check like the, uh, the initial setups like as often as possible, but a lot of times too, like, you know, when I'm acting in it as well and we're just kind of flying we're just kind of moving, moving, moving. So of course when I'm acting in it, I can't, you know, be on monitor. So I yeah to have a DP where again that's for me too that's part of where it comes like me being as precise as possible with my with my shots comes in and then working with a DP who really gets it but someone that you can trust enough where you don't have to like once you're off and running you don't have to necessarily we're not gonna be able to watch playback on every single shot like there's just no time yeah but just to make sure they they know what you're going for and that they can capture that uh, I had yeah. one, something I really enjoyed doing with so uh, Drew Pasley who's a good friend of mine and and uh, one of my go to DPs and he's also I work with him in a variety of capacities also as an actor he uh, like on Save Yourself for instance he and I would discuss like I give you know the shot list and the shooting script and then he and I would discuss what I wanted to convey with each scene to make sure that he was clear on on that like what I want each scene to accomplish what I want each scene to say because sometimes like just him being uh, crystal clear on that would help him offer, you know, make any like little adjustments or like know exactly where my head's at for the intent of the scene. You know what I mean? So he could yep. then, like you said, like bring his, bring his, you know, abilities and, and knowledge to it and help execute that. But I mean, I really think that like, for me, it's like everyone is there to, I mean, I think we're all like in service the way I look at it, at least like it was, we're all like in service of the script more than anything, like for me, like as a director, like I'm trying to bring the script to life as best as possible. And to do that, like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, utilizing the skills and abilities of the people that I hired very purposefully, you know, that I hired because I trust them to do to do their jobs. And so it's that thing where you want to be as specific and precise as possible while also letting everyone else like bring their game to it. And then you just kind of like someone described it might have been Scorsese himself. I can't remember, but described it as like a director is like the ultimate arbiter of taste on set. Like, you know, they ultimately have to decide yeah. like what stays what goes what you know what not but everyone's kind of like everyone was again hired for a very specific reason so hopefully you know you hire the right people and that you're very precise in in those decisions so everyone can kind of come in and do their thing and then the director will let you know if it's if it's off if it's off key or if it's on point absolutely yeah no i agree with that I, i agree with everything you said i i mean i would say 
I'm not so much in service of the script as the story. And I mean, those things are kind sure. of story one script, the what same. Have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The characters yeah, yeah, just and the story, inter- which to me are the script. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Just to me, I just make that distinction because I often change things from the script on set on the day. You know, if better ideas come up, if if inspiration strikes and stuff, mm-hmm. I don't adhere rigidly to to a script, um, sometimes to the chagrin of some of my collaborators and producers. <laughs> so I guess what are some things when you're trying to bring somebody on as your DP uh, what are some things that you're looking for? Yeah, it's good. I'll, I'll add to that too, real fast. What you just said, like when I say the script too, like I change a lot of, I change some things like on the day as well. But to me, I guess it's still the story, the characters that are all you know born of and part of like the script. So like any adjustments I make to it, I'm still in service of the script because I'm still there to try to to tell that story the best as possible. Anyway, now what do I look for in a in a DP? Again, someone who is just yeah very collaborative, who gets like what I'm going for. Uh, who's excited about what I'm going for and who wants to help achieve that. Someone who's like what I look for in in every position is someone who's a great team player. Um, I mean, that might sound thuddingly obvious, but it's true. I want people who I want to hang out with. I've just, I know I've discussed this probably ad nauseum before. I don't, I just, I don't want anyone who seems even remotely like they might be rude or problematic or a diva. Yeah. I just want positive people who are down for the cause and you know, who, I mean, those honestly, those are the the most important things to me. And then, of course, like the ability to to do their job is great too. But like, if you're not positive and you're not collaborative, then I'm not interested. What about you? Yeah, I mean, definitely that. I'd say when it comes to a DP, the most important thing for me is that they are story first. And you kind of alluded that to that earlier, because um, you can kind of, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it many times. I'm sure our listeners have probably seen it many times. Is with DPs, they can, in any position, it's not just d- directors of photography. You know, people can get too obsessed with with their own position and the craft of their own position and yeah. lose sight of the bigger picture sometime yeah. times you see this most ha- often happen on set with director of photographies where it's like they become obsessed with making the image perfect to yep. the detriment yep. of like the time in the schedule and then they become like they could become irritable or mad when you have to cut them off time-wise or they're just working too slowly for what your schedule is right or sometimes you get the cinematographer who is like a gearhead totally and wants to just use all his tools and toys and stuff and that's taking more time or it's not needed for what you're trying to achieve and stuff and again all these things are like it's not that any one of these aspects obviously you want a cinematographer who's going to make great images you want a cinematographer who knows the gear and knows how to use it sure but it all needs to be in the service of at the end of the day telling the story because that's what you're all there to do so anybody who isn't understanding how the mechanics of set work in terms of we only have so much time to work on so many shots and we need to squeeze everything in or or they're just too focused on the image and they're making like actors uncomfortable or other team members uncomfortable and not taking in into consideration the whole team aspect and i think you can suss that stuff out kind of early if you're asking the right questions right or if you're opening up I think a good technique is to like open open up the script, open up the story to a director of photography early on and see if they respond with like story thoughts, like actual story thoughts in terms of, you know, metaphors or character arcs and these kinds of things. And if they're talking about that kind of stuff, that means, you know, 
you you're probably that's that's a real good green flag for working with that person that they're going to be story centric however on the on the flip side if somebody's only just concerned about like gear and you know how many grips they can have and what camera they can shoot on and they're not really talking about story stuff i mean that's maybe something to investigate a bit more yeah i also like it when and this kind of feeds into like someone being positive and collaborative i mean definitely like in those initial interviews with dps like when i tell them how i want to go about shooting it like style wise and give them frames of reference and whatnot and then, of course, with the story as well, too. But like, I, I'm interested in DPs who are, you know, who are down to figure out how to make something work as opposed to ones who are more often than not just tell me why something won't work or why they wouldn't want to do a thing a certain way. Like, yeah. there's, there's just I mean, that's all just like an approach to life kind of thing too. the people who are like, like you tell them something that maybe they're initially a little, you know, reluctant about or whatever, as opposed to just being them saying, like, nah, I don't want to do that or I don't do that. And here's why, blah, blah, blah. Like more of a yeah. I mean, that's just that's definitely something that you want from all of your team members. You you want people who are more when there's a problem instead of them being sort of defeatist, they are like solution oriented. Yeah. Like if yeah. you come and like, oh, this is a problem, they're like, oh god, blah. Yeah. Like some people are just like, oh, it's a problem. I guess scrap it or whatever. And that's like their initial thing. Whereas like as a director, you really want people who are like, oh, this is what you want. Okay, well, we can't exactly do it like that. Let's find out, figure out a solution instead of the, oh, this is what you want. Well, we can't do that. Sorry. Think of something else. Right, right, right. Yeah, someone who's helped down to, you know, either like others get completely on board with what it is you're trying to do or offer up, yeah, solutions that will help you get, you know, as close to that goal as possible within your means and within the, you know, with the gear on hand and their abilities and whatnot. I had another um, on Being Awesome with uh, Ryan O. Parker, who's a great DP and really good guy. Uh, I basically went into that, letting him know that, you know, I wanted to shoot all, you know, I mean, they had rigs, but all like handheld rigs, you know, all handheld and, you know, very natural. I didn't want to use any kit lights. So natural and augmented lights. And so, you know, and that he'd never done that before. He's used to lighting more traditionally um, and for great reasons. But um, so he was a little like he but the thing was, like, he had a, he had a great attitude about that. Like, OK, like, let me he took that on as a challenge. Right. He decided to like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to make this work. So that's how we, that whole movie was, was lit. I mean, there's one day where he like, he brought in like one kit light, just like deep in the background. He thought that maybe we would, you know, that it could, it could help. And I was like, all right, he seems like this was in the first week. Like, it seems like he's more comfortable at least maybe having that light there. But I feel like it's not, I saw the way it looked with the light and just felt a little off to me. So like with each kind of take, we, we kept like, you know, kicking it down and kicking it down till eventually we just turned that light off. And that was, and we used, I used the take from when that light was off. And so it was the one time a kit light was used and the footage didn't wind up in the movie, but it showed him too, like, you know, that one, I was like down to try it and two that like, okay, he could trust in the process of like what we were doing and the, the tools that he were using and the, this, you know, uh, the techniques he was implementing were, uh, were right on the money and what we were going for. So anyway, again, like he's someone he did, he'd never lit one entirely like that before. And he just was down for the cause and he made it work. So, yeah. So it sounds like you you kind of get in the mix and like to get your hands dirty in terms of all the visual stuff. Yes. I think, you know, I've I've seen, I mean, I do too. I know, I know, like, I mean, I'm currently working as a cinematographer on a horror film right now, oh, a yeah. horror feature film that we're sh- sort of shooting piecemeal. And so while I'm, you know, I don't have definitely not the level of technical knowledge that a lot of my cinematographer friends do. I do have some knowledge of like all the different parts and I know mm-hmm. how to run a C stand and, and, you know, I, um, 
especially when we're we're shooting with a smaller scale, smaller budget, less crew members and stuff. I'm always down, especially if my DP is about that to like help move stands, set things up, set sure. up whatever equipment, you know, they need help with. Like, uh, especially if I don't have to work on other things that moment, like, if I, you know, working with actors and things like that come first. But if I got the time, you know, if, if, uh, I, I get in there get my hands dirty and, and, I think it's important, though, to just make sure it's cool with your DP first before you're, like, jumping in and doing stuff. But make sure you're helping their process instead of, yeah. like, overtaking their process. Yeah, you know? I definitely – my thing is like this. Like, I I, I don't – I, I want to be very clear to them about what it is that I want. And then I let them go about executing that vision because I don't have a lot of the uh, – I would not consider myself at all to be a DP. I enjoy, like, learning more – about it to some degree like every year but um that's not my prowess at all i don't think i have a lot of knowledge it's one of those things like the more you make movies the more you realize like oh i do know some things about this this aspect that maybe i wouldn't have thought that i did know you know what i'm saying just by virtue of doing the going through the process time and time again but no yeah. i don't consider myself any kind of cinematographer or, or that savvy as a dp i just know as a director what it is that i want and i'm you know i know well enough to, to bring on dps who can help achieve that that vision who can help execute. So, yeah. Yeah. Something that's become important to me as time has gone on and I've, you know, I've leveled up in my career as I've gained more skill is, you know, I don't know how about you, how you feel about yourself as a filmmaker, but for me personally, I feel like the visual side of things uh, has been something I've wanted to improve a lot upon. And I feel like the place where I could improve the most and so to that end, I think it's important to me, while you do first want somebody who is story centric and who's going to be a good team member and is just like down for the cause and stuff, everything we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. I think also for me, I'm trying to find cinematographers who can respectfully challenge me, like challenge and push forward their own visual ideas and and bring things to the table and aren't just like a yes ma'am because right. I feel like a, definitely a lot of cinema, cinematographers too can become kind of yes men to or yes women to the director mm-hmm. just because like they don't want that conflict. For me personally at the space where I'm at in my career, I want somebody who's going to like challenge me and teach me and and is a lot better than me at, at these at these things and isn't willing is willing to respectfully put their opinion out there. But also is, you know, when you don't say yes to thing, is able to take that no and keep working. So that I think, you know, in an ideal sort of collaboration situation, that's something that you want, which was really interesting to me because I did those two horror short films at the beginning of this year. And one of the cinematographers I worked with, he was less experienced and it was like pulling teeth to get him to give his opinion. Like he would mm. do whatever I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. But like, like he would not assert his own opinion. And I had to work <laughs> finally mm-hmm. on like the last day of shooting. I got to get him to start giving his opinion on stuff, um, which like limited the process. Cause you know, I, I felt like, you know, he wasn't sort of engaged with the story in the same way. Maybe for him, it didn't make any sense to be engaged with the story. Cause he didn't feel like his opinion would be heard anyways. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. he's like had some bad experiences. And then, you know, a month later I did another hor- short horror film and I, worked with a different cinematographer, my friend Craig Boydston, who 
we'd worked together many times and he's you know he's a very experienced cinematographer and like we were very aligned but also he was not afraid of like telling me when he didn't like something telling me we, we should do something different or whatever and like that you know, I could feel his influence on the film, definitely. He, right. he was confident enough to assert his opinion, and that made the film better as a result. And I feel like I learned a lot from him as a result. So it was interesting just having those contrasting situations. Yeah, totally. I mean, when you're talking about all that, it reminded me, too, like a relationship for me as a, as a director with an actor and also for me as an actor with another director, which is that, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, we're ultimately you kind of, you know, have to do what the director wants, but what the director wants should be a very precise, it should all again, pull towards that common goal of, as we put you know, telling the script, telling the story, like relaying, you know, the, what's the essence of the script, telling the story, what have you. And so like as an actor too, like sometimes a director will ask you to do a certain thing. If you feel like, Oh, if you have a question about this or like, why would my character do this or this, that, and the other, or how exactly do we go about doing this? Like, it's good to have those kind of questions and those thoughts and to like, to say what you need to say about the character, if something like is is off to you, if the, if the director tells you to do a certain thing and you are just like initially like in, instinctively like on board with it, you know what they want, then cool. Like in discussion, like you go do that thing, right? But if you have anything that you have to to weigh in on, then it's important to do that. And it's the same thing with a DP as well. Like you know, if you tell the DP to do a certain thing and they know exactly what you want and they know how to go about doing it, then cool, they do it, right? But if a conversation needs to be had or if they might want to like offer a differing opinion or whatever, then those are all productive conversations. Uh, as long as they're not com- like, look, man, it's again, it's the same way with just like treating people in general. Like there's a way to go about presenting your ideas. There's a way to go about having these discussions. Right. And then there's people who are just kind of combative and rude or egotistical or, and just like, you know, they think their job is more important, but I love the, go- those collaborative discussions with, with actors and with DPs, as long as they're conducted in the, quote unquote, what I deem to be the right way, the respectful way. So, yeah, I think when everyone's yeah. like, you know, when everyone because you don't want people, yeah, like you said, you don't want people to just be yes, man, if they if they're not in line, if they're not on board with what you're going for, if they don't know why, because they don't know if they don't know why they can't understand why, then they're not going to be able to execute, period. So it's like, yeah, they need to ultimately understand why or you need to hear where they're coming from, find some sort of middle point or sometimes like they'll offer up a thing like, you know. And you just know, again, like as the director, like you know exactly what this thing needs to be. And you have to, you know, you trust that vision. If someone is telling you something or offering up a suggestion, no matter how like good it might seem on its own as its own thing, because this can happen a lot too, where it's like someone's like, oh, what about this shot? And it's like that shot unto itself is cool or it's a good shot, but it won't weave into the tapestry that is the whole film. And I'm the person who's in charge of that, right? I have to keep all of that in mind. I've had that happen several times where it's like, yeah, that's a good shot, but I will never use it because it's not going to be part of the whole that I am orchestrating yeah. and I am having to keep track of. The number the number one thing that is like the horror story, I think, when when and I've seen it unfold many times because I do location sound work. And so, you know, you kind of when you're the sound person, you're kind of stealthily in the middle of things and you see a lot of things happen. Right. But uh, the horror story thing, I think, is when uh, uh, DP does not respect a director. Oh, yeah. And it's sad because it happens relatively, it's a relatively common situation. So I think for anybody who's trying to bring on a new new cinematographer that they're going to work with, mm-hmm. if you get any feeling that they aren't going to be respecting you, respecting your input, respecting your thoughts on things. And I mean, that's not, I don't think directors are just like, 
oh, automatically granted respect. You obviously you have to you have to earn it. But also, if you're bringing somebody on to your film, which if you're an independent filmmaker, you're the director, you're going to be the initiator and one of the main creative forces behind the film. If you're bringing somebody onto that and they don't have a level of sort of like humility, respect for you and eagerness and excitement about the project up front, I would be, you know, be very wary and don't, if you feel that stuff, don't let it sit to the side and don't let it simmer. Like ask questions about it, like confront those things because the worst thing in the world is to go into battle, go on to set. I mean, with any collaborators, but especially with your DP is to go on a set with a DP that does not that does not respect you and doesn't take you seriously cuz I don't I don't know but for but I'm sure you've heard the horror stories but I've seen sets being basically just taken over by DPs who didn't respect their directors you know um and it just becomes a horrible experience for like everybody involved basically right I don't think I've ever been on a set where that's happened maybe I have I can't think of it I mean definitely not on any of like my productions, but maybe I've acted in something where that's happened. But I can certainly, I, I've heard those kind of stories too. I can certainly see it happening <laughs> in certain circumstances. I've definitely, you know, had some experience with directors who are a little, le- you know, again, it's that thing where, you, you know, less sure when they're less sure footed about what they're going after. Cause there's, you don't want a director who just like, I don't know. Like, and you also don't want a director who's just like overly bullish just because they're too insecure. I mean, it's insecurity either way. Like just because they're too insecure, like to hear anyone else's opinions. Or to have those discussions, you know what I mean? Yeah. You want someone, you know, whether you're the director or you're working for a director, like someone who's sure-footed but open. But again, they ultimately have to decide what stays and what goes and what will be tried and what won't be. As collaborative as the whole thing is, that's that's the deal. Do we, man, now now I'm feeling a little deja vu. I can't, did we already talk about the movie Nothing But Trouble? Probably not, because I don't think that's been discussed in any form in, in years, especially a podcast. Are you familiar with this movie? Mm. No. Uh, okay. Maybe. I'll, I don't know. I'll keep it brief. So basically, uh, it's the one movie that Dan Aykroyd directed. And he wrote it and directed it, and he was in it. And he had, so like in the cast, it was it was him, Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, and John Candy. And this was 1991 is when the movie came out. It was his first time directing, and he all the lead actors at certain points each had a monitor. And they could weigh in on what they liked and what they didn't like oh, about God. a take. Yeah. And so Ivan Reitman, you came to visit one day. <laughs> and, you know, Ivan Reitman obviously knows what's what he's doing as a, as a director. He barely told Dan Aykroyd, like, "What are you doing? Like, you can't." It's like this is total chaos. And this, like, you know, the movie was running way over budget, and it was just like off the rails. And like, basically, like it seemed like everyone on set was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Because yeah, all these actors were to varying degrees getting to weigh in on on the takes and their own monitor. Each other on little monitor. I was like, you, you've got to take those monitors away from them. Yeah. So anyway, Oof. that's just a little example of uh, what happens when everyone tries to be uh, in charge to some extent. And that movie was yeah. Was, uh, that movie was um, notable <laughs> for what it was. Now I'm curious to see the train wreck. Yeah, it's you know I loved Dan Aykroyd. Uh, yeah, it was the one movie he directed. And to his credit, he was like he didn't really want to direct. He just. Uh, he was like, well, I guess I'll say yes to this because he kind of felt on the spot. So it'll, it'll make sure it gets made. And uh, he never had the desire <laughs> to direct again after that. I mean, it was just a huge whatever you think about the movie itself, which is I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it was a huge, uh, massive flop. So God bless. God bless. Anyway, bomb, bomb, bomb.
Yeah, I actually just watched it for the first time a few weeks ago with, with Chelsea because she kind of remembered it from her childhood as being this straight. That's the thing. I remember like being that like 10 years old when it came out and like all these other kids like this movie is weird. Like it was supposed to be for adults, but it became like this weird fucked up movie that kids seem to like at, at that age, mm. at that time. And that's how she remembers it. And then we watched it now and it was like, uh, yeah, it was we had it was an entertaining evening. I'll, I'll tell you that. Anyway, all right. Sorry, back to what you were saying. Or what no, we were saying. that's that's fine. You're good. I mean, it all You're good. It, it um, pertains. It pertains. Really. It does. It does. <laughs> I don't know where where are you at now that we're talking about cinematography and so much about of your visual process. Yeah. I mean, where are you at? I guess visually with your films and like visuals as a film, like for you as a filmmaker, is that like an exciting part of the process? Is it something you think you're really good at? Is it something you think you need work at? Like what I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the visual side of storytelling, I think everything like, um, I think at this point I feel like, I mean, this, I know I say the obvious here, but every aspect I I always feel like, Oh, you know, you want to keep growing and improving of course. And like on each project, I, I literally, like I learned something and sometimes it's very, specific thing or usually specific things that I can like call back on. It's not just a general thing of like, Oh, I always learn something each time. I mean, there is that, but there's also like, Oh, I learned this particular thing on this shoot. You know what I mean? It's in terms of like in every regard, but right now we're talking about visuals. It's like, Oh, so don't do that again. You know, tweak this, this way, like blah, 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 so on and so forth. So like I know, as I talked about in, in episode, episode three, with the whole, you know, going through end of the tour and writing down every single shot and edit. And so doing things like that and just like, I'm always trying to refine and understand like, you know, the vantage point of any given shot. And just keep in mind too, like, oh, what's the exact perspective that we're seeing the whole movie from? And like, you know, how uh, the subjective nature of the camera, like what I'm trying to say with each shot. And usually it's a very, very subtle thing, right? But mm-hmm. those things are very important to me. Like each, with yeah, with each frame, like what are you trying to... What are you trying to capture and what are you trying to communicate? It's, that's a skill you can always sharpen. So that's where I'm at with it. I'm like, okay, like each time out, I feel like I'm refining that particular skill more and more. And I'm always excited to keep refining it more and more. Like as Because I, I do, I greatly enjoy going through and like breaking down all the shots. And I enjoy the challenge of like, you know, we have X amount of time and I need to communicate, you know, X amount of things and capture X amount of moments. It's like, how am I going to do all that in the most economical way um, visually? So yeah, it's exciting. It's fun. What about you? Cool. Well, I know you, you already kind of said it, it's something you, you want to um, improve upon, I believe is what you were. Well, yeah, you know, and I think uh, I have been emphasizing it over the last, I don't know how many years is something I needed to improve. And certainly making 12 months, like that was a big point of emphasis as I went through the long process of making that film. We got better as, as things went on. And I start, I, I learned to balance sort of giving space to actors, but also getting good visuals more. Right. Uh, Cause that's a hard road to walk. And often those things are in conflict and it's kind of like on you as the director to sort where the lines of those things are in terms yeah. of like how restrained are you going to be visually versus how much freedom are you going to give the actors to do whatever they need to do and especially if you're not working with like really i don't know like super super experienced actors like they can be they can be distracted oftentimes by constraints like marks and things like that and frame lines and stuff um mm-hmm. those are factors that i've that i've always that i'm always working on but i think i'm at a place now where i have the techniques to to sort of solve all of these problems but I'm still gaining experience with the techniques and that that is the way that I continue to sort of get better is like 
when those momentary, very complicated, nuanced decisions come up, I think in my last couple of films, like I've been making better decisions because I'm getting more experience at the techniques and yeah. seeing how everything plays out. Yeah. And that's something that I want to continue to do. And like, I think every film that I look at, every film that I do, I try and, especially once you get down further into the edit, but I'm always kind of sorting like, oh, why did I make this decision mm-hmm. uh, in the moment when I'm like looking at the footage? Why did I make this decision? What were the factors going in? And being like, oh, well, the shot isn't as nice as it could have been. I know it was constrained and like, but maybe I took it, maybe I, I kind of could have focused more or pushed harder to get a better shot here. Or this would have been a better shot or put the camera over here or whatever. But just kind of like putting every, it's not like something I do. I don't go through the film all in one session, although that would be a good way to do it. But it's just sort of as I'm going through post and I consider shots and look at them, and I, I sort of really think about what went into making that decision what were the factors and could i could i have done better uh with yeah. that with that decision and um you know often oftentimes the answer is, is yes yes i could have done better <laughs> because it's really complicated filmmaking as a director there's a zillion decisions you're making on every film and and yeah. there's a, and each one has like uh an almost infinite number of possibilities in terms of you know the answer to each question and so you know uh, you know, you don't strive to be perfect, but you do strive to be better. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like every, everything on set is like, you know, it's all a balance and, you know, the relationships and whatnot between each department and then within, you know, each person within each department. But we, yeah, with the camera work, I try to be as actor friendly as possible. Um, cause ultimately like everyone, except for the few shots, if any that, you know, might not have an actor in it. Right. Like you're ultimately always trying to capture the performances as best as possible. The actors are trying to deliver the performances as best as possible, and everyone else is trying to capture the performance as best as possible, right? Yeah, I mean it depends. Like again, everyone's approach is different, but for the most part, yeah, there's always like marks and certain because I also like to run takes long too. Like if a scene is like because I've done scenes that were you know I've had some crazy long scenes in my movies, like scenes that are much longer than a lot most scenes you'll see in any film. Like Save Yourself has a scene that. I think clocks in like 22 minutes and it was even longer, maybe 21 minutes now. And it was even longer, like the first cut of it. But anyway, so, you know, you try to set things up in a way that are, are there friendly for the camera team? Um, but also, you know, for the actors that they won't feel like these are the parameters, but it won't feel, you know, you don't want them to feel like too restricted quote unquote. But again, I guess for me, that comes into like, as an actor, like I know what makes me feel comfortable and what makes me feel supported. And I also know the satisfaction of, you know, to deliver what it is that's okay. Like, Oh, these are the, this is the composition. Like these are the parameters and this is what they want from me in this shot. Like, cool. I'm going to do my best to deliver what it is they want. Like within that, you know, my playground, like the sandbox that they've given me. Right. And so that brings a lot of satisfaction. So I just try to set actors up for that experience as, as much as possible. But yeah, I mean, there's always, like, you know, there's the ongoing, like, you know, usually, like, jokingly, you know, it's a war between, like, the, not a, but, you know, the camera team and the sound team, you know what I mean? It's usually, like, a running joke kind of thing where it's like, all right, well, you know, camera's in the shot, or how are we going to set up this, cam- like, this, that, and the other that'll be out of the way of the frame, right? So everything, yeah. and then everyone else's positions on set, too, like, there's always a balance, you know, everyone trying to do their jobs, and sometimes it can be in conflict, and when I say conflict, I don't necessarily mean in a negative way. I just mean like in opposition to or in conflict with, or it has there has to be some sort of a compromise of sorts made, uh, or just trying to make sure that everyone feels supported and and happy. So yeah, like you said, it's very complicated. Like nav- navigating all those waters, 
And that's why it helps too to have, again, like positive people who are down for the cause who won't let their insecurities or egos like run rampant and get in the way, which is easier, yeah. easier said than done sometimes. So definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, nice talking as cool. always, dude. Appreciate yep. you. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'll be we'll be slacking very soon and uh, talking. We'll be more. chatting Sounds more soon. Well. Yep. All right, man. Sounds cool. good. You have a Take good care, one. Man. You too. Better. Man. Later. All right, that about wraps up our commentary on uh, directors of photography and all the ins and outs. Uh, Alan, what'd you think? Yeah, I. You know what? I still agree with everything that I said. <laughs> no, uh, no, it is. Uh, it was cool listening back to that discussion and. Uh, yeah, all, f- fun reflecting on all the the collaborations I've had with various DPs over the year. The wide majority of which have been very fruitful. I mean, they've all been fruitful in one way or another, and they've all ultimately been positive for sure. Some have just been like so resoundingly positive. But um, but yeah, it's it's pretty um, it's a pretty crucial collaboration once again. And it's always uh, thrilling when you do uh, stink up with a DP who just uh, you know, they get it and they're on board. And you uh, you take that ride together. Good times. What about you? Yeah, I think it's kind of an evergreen topic. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll yeah. continue to grow in how we sort of bring on new collaborators and stuff. But, um, yeah, if anybody, you know, needs some advice or help with, with sorting whether they should bring on a DP or repairing their, their relationship with the collaborators, me and Alan are always happy to offer those insights. Oh, yeah. We can even, we can even make some recommendations mm-hmm, uh, as, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Also, speaking of uh, recommendations, we here at Story Life believe in supporting independent film as we are independent filmmakers and we want to support our fellow independent filmmakers. A big part of that is is watching the actual films. You know, if you're if you're making independent films, you should be watching independent films. Support the community you hope to be a part of. Um, so to that end, uh, I'd like to recommend um, our previous guest. Darius Legg, he has released his uh, short documentary called The Stoker Machine. Oh, sweet. Um, it's on YouTube right now. If you uh, if you Google Stoker Machine or Darius Legg, you should be able to find it. Um, he's doing just a really big push just through the whole brand. Um, I think it's fascinating to see, especially with Darius, because he's trying kind of like a multi-prong approach to his, uh, his artistry circled around the release of Stoker Machine. So Stoker Machine has been released out in the world. I just watched it myself. I really love that documentary. It's very sweet. It's like 15 minutes long. Go check that out. Give Darius your love if you enjoy it. I'm sure you will. Um, but also uh, related to that, he he's got a website where he sells merch with with that have like the animation and art, uh, and and from that he's created for Stoker Machine, and additionally, like this thing is going real well for for Darius. He did a TED talk too, uh, based I off of that. Stoker Machine, which he also yeah. just released out into the world. I think yesterday actually, as of recording to this, it's real good stuff, real inspirational. Darius, if you go back and listen to our episode, you can see he's he's just a really positive dude. He's got really great energy. Uh, and yeah. I think that carries over into his work. So uh, go check it out and support him. Nice. And yeah, folks, if you have a film, whether it's one of your own or friends or someone you know whose work you're a fan of, you'd like for us to check it out, please reach out and let us know. We'd love to, to give it a gander. Yeah, you can contact us at wearestorylife at gmail.com. You can also check us out online at wearestorylife.com. There's information there about everything we do, uh, which we'd love you to be a part of. 
Um, you can also follow me directly on Twitter and Instagram at Clinton Cornwell. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A-L-L-E-N-C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. And on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. And if you want to check out some of my recent films, head on over to my link tree, linktree.com backslash Alan C. Gardner. Where you'll find links to Cold Feet, Save Yourself, Act One, We Get Lucky, Bad Bad Men, and Being Awesome. Yeah, and thanks to our editor, Mr. Mike Hernandez, for his wonderful work and support through all these episodes. Thank you so much, Mike. And also to all of our fa- friends, family, and loved ones. Uh, y'all are a part of our community, too, and we can't do it without you. Yeah, thank you all for your invaluable support. Uh, folks, we have many more episodes coming up, so please subscribe and join us next week. This has been Clinton Cornwall. And Alan C. Gardner. With Storyline. <laughs> thank you. Take care. You just, you just, you, you tend to be more of a concise gentleman. That's why, you know, Clinton, concise uh, ge- gentleman Cornwell. That nickname went off the rails yes. really quickly. Uh, tri- triple C, concise Clinton Cornwell. Yep. There you go. C cubed. Yep. C cubed. There you go. I'm sticking with that.